In to another episode of the Young Terps podcast, Ahmed Gafir and Mason Viner. Instant reactions after the Terps take down Indiana 44 to 17. Ahmed, we've been calling for a complete game, and I think yeah. today we finally got it. Yeah, I think it was obviously, I mean, a complete first half that really just kind of helped uh, Maryland solidify an early lead going into the locker room with a 27-3 lead. Uh, and really, we're just kind of able to control momentum since then. Uh, Indiana was obviously able to uh, open the game and end the game uh, with red zone scores, the first being a field goal, the second being a touchdown. But aside from that, I uh, really felt like uh, on all three sides uh, of the ball, Maryland just was clearly the better team tonight. Yeah, and you know, if you listen to us uh, really at any point this season, I think one thing has been clear that both of us have constantly said, which is if this offensive line can block, the weapons are there, the execution just has to follow. And today, I mean, Ty Felton, huge game, three yeah. touchdowns. Caden Prather finishes off his day with a touchdown. Jay Sean Jones starts it off strong for the Terps. They have so many weapons on offense, and given Indiana's probably on the way down in terms of a program, but these are the games you look for for Maryland to really show up and just be the better team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think we kind of talked about it. You know, I think, again, it goes back to, you know, the Terps versus Terps. You know, it's just kind of uh, how Maryland expects to play versus how they play. And I think we all kind of expected Maryland to say, hey, you know, on paper, this is uh, a de definitely a dominant team. But uh, you mentioned Ty Felton, obviously, uh, having a career game, uh, his first uh, first 100-yard uh, receiving game in, his, in a Maryland uniform. Uh, him and Deshaun Jones were able to finish with uh, uh, over 100 receiving yards, becoming uh, the first set of Maryland receivers uh, to finish with 100 or more yards uh, in the same game since the Michigan State game back in uh, 2021. Uh, and then Talia Tagbailoa, obviously, adding six touchdowns, including five through the air, and the five through the air ended up being the uh, most passing touchdowns since Scott Milanovic did so uh, back in 94. Yeah, and, and those are records that, you know, he just keeps stacking up. I believe what they crossed the 9,000-yard yep. career first mark quarterback to do so. today and, you know, just keeps on stacking up those accolades and yeah. puts up a Caleb Williams-esque stat line on the day because he also adds one rushing touchdown to go with that. Uh, elsewhere on offense, uh, let's talk a little offensive line. It's almost an obligation this year on this pod uh, that we talk about it. A lot less rotation today. Still see two centers in the game. And, of course, uh, Kyle Long really – cementing in what is turning into a playable offensive line. Yeah, I think he's been doing well. Uh, Corey Bullock was a guy that uh, was a little bit uh, unsure of just kind of going into the game. Uh, he missed the open portion of practice earlier this week, uh, but he was able to slide back in, uh, fill in uh, as, that, as that guard there. And I think offensive line, you know, did a really good job protecting Talia. I thought Talia also did a really good job just uh, evading pressure, uh, was smart with the football. Uh, that was his, his best performance, but the offensive line just kind of through five weeks. Um, so done really well, and um, yeah, I thought you know Maryland's defense obviously was able to get to the backfield, but uh, very minimal uh, negative plays for Maryland's offense. Is this Talia's best game? Do you think? I mean, definitely best game in of the season. Um, is it all time? It, it's probably up there. Uh, it's probably top three. Uh, I'd say um, I'd probably still put maybe the Ohio State game last year, even though it was a loss. I thought he did well and we did, did everything to really give Maryland a chance there. Uh, but I think, again, just the efficiency, I think that he was able to talk, uh, uh, able to complete the game with. Uh, again, you know, like you talked about with Ty Felton, with Deshaun Jones, it just really felt like Talia was able to find all his receivers in stride. Uh, wasn't the same type of numbers uh, in terms of, you know, skilled players coming down with the ball like we've seen in the last week, for example, 11 different players 
uh, 10 different receivers with at least one pass, uh, with at least one catch. Uh, we only saw, you know, really Caden Prather. He was that third receiver where he was able to, um, to find some success. But uh, Ty Felton, I think he was kind of the beneficiary of just being able to uh, be that third wide receiver. Uh, shout out to my guy on inside the black and gold, John Diggs, who uh, called it in his three keys to victory uh, in, in uh, Saturday's game. But uh, again, I just think Ty Felton, when you, you touched on it earlier, just his career game, uh, I think just his big playability, I think fans saw it, uh, but his ability to have that breakout performance uh, while Deshaun Jones still opened the game with a 62-yard reception, catch and run. Uh, Caden Prather has been able to show it as well. Just feels like that, that wide receiver room was through these first five weeks has really been able to show that explosiveness now. And if you go and you listen to what Mike Locks had to say after this game, when he talks about the brotherhood of this team and being down on the field, getting some really good video that you can check out um, from today's game, you can see it. I mean, when a guy scores on this team, everybody in the entire offensive unit is up there congratulating with them. They all have celebration dances, handshakes. You can really see the team kind of come together, which is something that Locks has talked about in his time here, them not necessarily having and now you really see it in full effect. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I regretted it in the moment not being able to catch a video of it, but when they announced Deshaun Jones, when he eclipsed the 1,500 career receiving yards, I immediately looked down, saw the bench, Deshaun Jones uh, was sitting there, Ty Felton, uh, Robert Smith, bunch of the other receivers I believe Kane Breather was there too, but just all kind of jumping around, celebrating with them. Uh, and again, you know, like you said, you know, it's not something you've seen uh, back in hell, like even 2019. 2021, you saw shades of it, but it just feels like that, you know, this is year five. This is Loxie's program. This is all Loxie's guys, predominantly Loxie's guys. Um, and you're, you're starting to see that, that culture really, really soak through. Uh, let's talk some defense. Yep. I think this one just goes in now what is a large stack of what's probably going to make Brian Williams a lot of money this offseason because I will tell you this defense is one of the best that I've seen, if not the best I've seen in my time here watching Maryland. And they got the NFL guys, and they're starting to see with Caleb Wheatland, especially on the edge, they're starting to have the pass rush to bring it all together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, I mean, we talked about just kind of limiting Jalen Lucas a little bit. Um, and Maryland was really largely able to do so. Obviously, was able to find some success there, um, finishing the day with, uh, uh, excuse me, seven carries for 28 yards. Um, so again, you know, he, when he came into the game uh, with second in, in the Big Ten in all-purpose yards, I thought Maryland did really well there. Um, that front seven, I mean, again, Dijon Barham, he was a guy that inside the Black and Gold subscriber, as I mentioned. You know, he was uh, there for practice on Tuesday, but wasn't going through drills. Uh, he was able to warm up today, didn't end up going through, uh, and you still really didn't feel like there was much of a drop-off with that linebacker room. Fanaji Gote coming down with his first uh, interception of the season, second of the year. So uh, just a lot, lot, lot of uh, success there. Yeah, I, that linebacker room right now is something that is really good to watch, given that it was a I think one of the biggest weaknesses for many years coming into this one. But a guy like Ruben Hippolyte still holds it down while possibly your best inside linebacker, Jay Sean Parham, is out. Gote, there's no drop-off to. Spragans, I mean, if you talk about a guy that's made a jump year over year, his jump this year has, has been fantastic. Obviously, Wheatland, they're starting to use him more on the outside, yeah. but he can still go inside. And then Mike Harris, who's yeah. like, you know, getting garbage time minutes, but looks like he's a top-tier athlete as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, you can just really see. I mean, it's, when Harris is on the field, it's hard to miss him. He's just very explosive. Feels like he's just always able to find himself around the ball. Um, and again, impressive. I, I you know, mentioned that he was able to kind of flash that athleticism. 
really ever since he enrolled back in June. Uh, and you know, even with a deep linebacker room, Daniel Wingate able to to make some plays in the, in the closing minutes there again. Uh, but again, you know, I thought Chris, uh, um, uh, uh, excuse me, Christian Teague did a really good job as well uh, in interior run support. Some of those short yardage package or short yards situations, Trey Goldberg as well. Um, and then you know, obviously just being able to Ruben Hibbelite just being able to fly around the ball and whatnot. So again, just just a really complete game. Um, and I think you know, Camp Camper was a guy at the receiver position where you know, wanted to see you know how Jaquan Shepard did. And I thought largely you know in those one-on-one 50-50 balls and man, I thought thought he did uh, was able to really hold his own. Yeah, and I think um, looking at again step taking steps forward with this defense, uh, you played against a quarterback that wanted to get outside the pocket today. Everybody stayed in their rush lane. The contain for the most part was held. It created sacks. It created tackles for loss for this defense and. Well, Indiana's definitely got some soul-searching to do. I think anybody that watched the game saw that a team that was struggling, a quarterback that really was lacking the ability to push the ball down the field. But if you you know, followed this team in this program, taking advantage of that and finishing the game in the first half, finishing the game by the third quarter, I mean, you could have basically left and not looked at your phone again and had any concern about what the final score would be. You haven't seen that much in, in this stadium. No, uh, I, I would agree with that. And I also, I do think that, you know, obviously Tom Allen, you know, He's been with that program, been at the helm of the program for a while now, and I just think you know they're they're kind of in that transition year where they're trying to just bring in a lot of new talent and try to build it up with some of these transfers. It's not really working out. We'll see, you know, how, how long that leash is there. Uh, but in terms of Maryland, um, goes back to those you know 50-50 games, uh, you know, just even two years ago the Illinois game and whatnot, and back in the, the COVID season, you know, just there were a lot of lot of lot of chances where in the past where you said can Maryland did it, can Maryland pull this off, which Maryland team will show up. Um, granted, the first four out of the five games of the season have been at home, and I do think obviously it's a very strong chance for you to, to find those fast starts, uh, find your groove uh, when you're at home. Um, but you know, Maryland was able to do so last week against Michigan State. Um, just a really convincing performance, and again, feels like it just kind of goes back to as long as Maryland plays to what we've seen them capable of playing, uh, nine times out of ten, they will be a better team this year. Yeah, special teams, a bit of some struggles there today. Uh, they give up a big kickoff return on the first of the game. Uh, it seemed like, I'm not sure if many people caught this at the end of the game, Loxley getting into it with uh, some of the coaches on the sideline. They weren't able to figure out what combos they wanted to get on the last kickoff. And and I think really, unfortunately, we have a kicking problem uh, with Jack House. Yeah, it's, um, and I was just talking about it with someone, because even last week against Michigan State, you know, missed a 29-yarder, missed a 40-yarder, and. It was a 48-yarder. Uh, today he made a 44-yarder and then had a 44-yarder blocked, uh, missed an extra point. So, you know, there are some some obvious concerns. There isn't uh, as much uh, reliability in the kicking game in that aspect uh, as there was a season ago with Chad Ryland. Uh, and I think, you know, Jack Howes did a good job just kind of throughout the offseason. Uh, you know, Loxie talked about it uh, and heading into the season, bringing in the uh, former East Service or the, uh, another transfer portal kicker uh, to kind of compete with Jack Howes there. Uh, and Jack was still able to, to kind of hold on to that starting job. So um, I think it's just it's kind of all about consistency. We'll be interested to go back on the tape to see maybe what what kind of caused or you know, what, what was the reason for that uh, second attempt. Yeah, I think he's really struggling uh, on the left hash. He's a really, if you go back and you look at his last kicks, he's really trying to drive that ball. And he, he, I think it is a left hash. That, that's where it's coming from. They gotta probably position him better for success, put him where he wants to be on the field because he's still a young kicker. And a guy that, you know, 
the Virginia game, you know, they're trying him from 50-plus yards. So maybe he's not quite there where they can do that, but he definitely has, like, to make the 40-plus yeah. yard kicks. Yeah, and like you said, he's, he's a young guy. He's a retro sophomore, so give him a chance and uh, be, be the guy. But uh, I think, obviously, being able to um, get some consistency in that phase, I think that was that was probably maybe the, the biggest concern kind of coming out of this win. Yeah, 38,181, your crowd today here at CQ Stadium. Uh, Ahmed, final takes on this one and looking ahead to Ohio State. Again, even though my bets didn't hit and I picked Maryland to win between 13 and 18 points, uh, I'll gladly take a 27-point uh, win. Uh, I just, again, I think this Maryland team, obviously talked about just kind of what, they're, what they've been able to do uh, and just kind of how dominant that they've been. Uh, and even though that they haven't been able to find their, you know, uh, it's not a finished product, you know, there still is, uh, you know, strides to go, improvements to be made. Uh, it just feels like this is a Maryland team that's largely being able to stay disciplined. Uh, we'll see, you know, obviously Caden Breather, he went down earlier, was able to come back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, just how severe uh, Target Heap's still, how, how he's doing uh, going into next week as well. Um, but again, overall, I just think going into the first big test of the season, um, Maryland has passed so far. Yeah, we'll say, and it's worth bringing up, it was a topic uh, during one of the press conferences uh, that Locks had earlier. The, the penalties are gone. Yeah. You know, we're seeing a much cleaner product. I think that, um, you know, as fans and, and people that cover the team, it's really frustrating to just watch them shoot themselves in the foot. You're not seeing that this year. Uh, people are engaged in the game that come out to it. I yeah. think the overall vibe around the program is just much in a much better spot than from where Loxie took over from last year. You're seeing that year over year improvement. And hopefully uh, we're talking Tuesday night back here on the podcast about a ranked matchup between Maryland and Ohio State and Columbus. Yeah, feels feels inevitable for uh, for Maryland to be uh, to add, add two digits in front of that uh, in front of that name. So yeah, we shall see. They certainly had the performance for it. Uh, for all the game coverage, check out InsideTheBlackAndGold.com. Make sure you subscribe and like this podcast so you catch all of our game previews and post game pods. And as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.